Now, guys, if we had to make a cheesy late night commercial. Yes, I would pour boiling water on your head if that's what you're asking. <laughs> I would do that in a heartbeat, Gordo. Don't you worry. You can't ask us to create an entire pitch for an advertisement with, <laughs> yeah, on the fly. <laughs> yeah. This is this this is what the people want. Okay, then tell the people how you would do it. Gordo would be the diaper king. You'd be the, the sofa king, right? Yeah, I would be. Sofa king what? Sofa King in trouble with his wife every time he talks out loud on this podcast. <laughs> Sitting right there. I'm not keeping my mouth shut there. Learned my lesson last week. Did you? I don't think you learned it. I didn't learn it, no. Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show, rate it and decide if it's a show we want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about Detroiters. Detroiters went 20 episodes with only two seasons on Comedy Central. Today we're talking about episode one, which was called Pilot, originally airing February 14th, 2017. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags, with me as always... Most of the boys, Nick, Joe, and Gordo, no Ferg this week. What's going on, guys? hey Hello. And you tell him, what's up, Doc? <laughs> and for Ferg, since he's not here, garbage woman. Because that's what I would imagine Ferg would say. I have to correct myself, actually. Uh, February 7th, 2017 is when that aired, so forgive me. So Detroiters, you know, this was one of those, this was my pick, but I've never seen the show. And basically, like, part of the mindset behind it was, so Tim Robinson has his sketch comedy show, I Think You Should Leave. And that's been blowing up on Netflix. And every time I turn Instagram or anything on, I'm getting clips from that show constantly now. Like, are you sure about that? And, like, now there's, like, the drive through one. Yeah, he got memed really hard. Yeah. 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 So it's become, like, this big, big meme thing. And so I'm looking in, like, you know, into that, and I realized, like, oh, yeah, Detroit is, was it was a show that multiple people had requested that we do, and I just think it backburnered, just, you know, whatever, for whatever reason, we never did it. And I'm like, you know what, like, this dude's all over everything right now. Like, maybe, this is probably a smart time <laughs> to, like, watch this show and review it. It's funny, though, because I, and it, this just could just be me being completely out of the loop, but I'm a big fan of I Think You Should Leave. I love Tim Robinson. I had not heard of this show until you mentioned it, though. So I don't know if that's like a common thing, but this one totally blew by me. I think it's Comedy Central, man. Like, no offense to Comedy Central, but they've just dropped so far in the exposure level from what they used to be. You know what I mean? Like, and they would always put out new shows for people. Like, they're like the first. I think the Aquafina show maybe is still getting fairly good ratings, and that's maybe going into like a third season or something, but. It just is like most people cut the cord from cable, and if that stuff's not also streaming on a platform you have, I think a lot of people just don't see Comedy Central anymore. It's not like when we were kids where you'd watch it all day because they were just going to play PCU over and over again or something, and you were like, well, that's my afternoon. It's not even the place to watch like stand-up comedy anymore. You know, like, you know, no specials no. are going to Comedy Central. Everyone's going to either Netflix or YouTube or just putting them anywhere else. So you just, you don't find yourself on that channel much anymore. Only if, like, you're a fan of South Park, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, South Park yeah. is probably the thing keeping it alive, but people are probably watching that mostly through HBO now, or The Max, or whatever. Sam Richardson, who is the other 
main character on this show is primarily in the third season of I Think You Should Leave. He's not very much in the first and the second from what I remember. I didn't I don't think I've seen the full second season of I Think You Should Leave. It's weird he just popped up in the third season primarily. I think he's in like a bunch of the skits for the third season unless I'm misremembering the first season too, but he's hilarious too. I I I weirdly know him mostly from Veep. Well, I was going to say in Veep, well, uh, no, Veep wouldn't have kept him busy cuz that didn't really cross over into the I Think You Should Leave, but you know where you should know him from? Him as well as Eddie Champagne are both in Ghostbusters 2016, the movie that Jay starred in. So they're co-stars of yours, Jay. <laughs> oh, so that's a quick uh, six degrees right there, yeah. Yeah, you three were all in a terrible movie together. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, uh, Sam Richardson has another show called Champagne Ill that I guess only went like 10 episodes. It's on Hulu or something, but I guess it's also pretty funny. This is one of those shows, too, where Detroit is so... This was, what, produced by Lauren Michaels and and... Uh, Jason Sudeikis is a producer on this as yeah. well, right? Yeah. yeah. This is Boardwalk, which is um, Laura Michaels. You always see it. Speaking of Comedy Central, you'd always see it at the end of SNL uh, reruns and the end of um, Kids in the Hall episodes that played constantly on uh, Comedy Central when we were kids. And Sam Richardson is one of the creators of this show. And I thought Tim Robinson was, but I don't think he actually is. Oh, I thought he was a creator too. Oh, he's not? Uh, a, a quick IMDb look. If I if I did some further investigating, no, it is part. He is. It's four creators. He's one of them. Okay, all right. Okay. He just didn't make the top three. <laughs> that's how that's how the IMDb <laughs> typically works. And then I wanted to mention too, going over like general ratings on Rotten Tomatoes, it gets a ninety five percent on Rotten Tomatoes with an eighty nine percent audience. And then IMDb ratings uh, has it like at eight point one. So this is a pretty well regarded show amongst those who have actually watched it. Now, did this show get canceled, or did they just kind of stop? Canceled. Mm, interesting. But I do want to say, too, I want to say when this got canceled, it, like, two or three years ago, it was also when, like, Comedy Central, if you remember, and a bunch of those channels were like, we're getting rid of all of our scripted shows, we're getting rid of all of this stuff that costs a ton of money to produce, and we're going to concentrate on easier content, like game shows and late nights talk shows and panel shows right when you would have like uh after midnight and shows like that oh, yeah, because those cost nothing yeah so they're pivoting to that where you can pay people scale to be on them but you're not paying for sets to be created and permits and you know filming locations i mean this entire series is shot in detroit proper so now you have to pay for all of these um permits and everything in michigan versus where like if you're doing a show like this i mean a classic example right robocop takes place in detroit michigan they filmed it in Dallas, Texas, right? Because Michigan is not <laughs> yeah. a place that's as cheap to shoot as other places. So people don't typically go there. You mask another city for it. So Yeah, Toronto is like famous for that. For years and years, Toronto was like the go-to place to turn into other cities for whatever, you know, movies. Boston, too. Boston now. Boston now gets a lot more. The problem with Vancouver, though, is that you can see mountains in it a lot. I think it's um, Rumble in the Bronx with Jackie Chan. Where he's like, we gotta get out of the Bronx! And they go running, and you just see, like, fucking cascading mountains in the background. You're like, somehow I don't think you're deep in the heart of New York right now. Uh, earlier, when you mentioned how I had starred in the 2016 film Ghostbusters. I wouldn't say starred. Well, I would. So when we, when we walked, we did the... I was not there for a week, and we were filming at the Wang Theater. When you walked out of the Wang Theater, they converted that whole street to be New York City, and it's like... I remember that, yeah. And we didn't go through the front door. We were going through the back, like, to check in and everything, so I I hadn't seen it until we had to go out there for something. And to see it, like, live in, like... It's not, like, a small part. Like, the whole street is just converted completely, and, like, I've been on that street a million times, and to not recognize it, 
Like, it was insane. It was like when they turned uh, Revere Beach into Miami for with some Johnny Depp movie. What movie was that? Oh, the one where he played Whitey Bulger. Oh, yeah. Black, Black Mass. Mass. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think I ever actually saw the movie. It was good. Yeah, they yeah, like, uh, put a bunch of palm either. trees down there and shit. It Do you like The Departed? Good. Yes. Don't see Black Mass. Okay. I feel like I did watch Black Mass. I just don't remember it. I don't think that's the gauge. You can... I think it is. I think that they never should have made Black Mass after Departed came out, because Departed is a much better movie about Whitey Bulger. They just don't say it's Whitey Bulger. Sure, but it... I don't know. They can coexist. You can... Like, I, you can like multiple documentaries on the same topic. Sure. I'm just saying, I don't think... I like everybody who was in Black Mass. I just don't think it's a very good movie. I don't think it's as good as The Departed. Did Black Mass have a lot to do with John Connolly there? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I did see it. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> this is um <laughs> a far departure from Detroiters. So you could say that's the departed from again. Uh, you know, for those of you who aren't listening, Gordo's so much quicker when we're not recording. <laughs> yeah, Gordo made an actual joke we actually laughed at like three minutes before we put the video on. It wouldn't have made the cut. No, it would not. Gordo, why don't you repeat that joke right now and see what the audience has to say about it? But I'll, but I'll say this, lightning quick response time. And then when he has a joke already in his mind, but we're recording, he goes, how about we say this instead? <laughs> yeah. It's like, before we get into the actual episode itself, I do want to remind you guys, go to s1e1pod.com. That's where you can find all the links to our social media, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. S1e1pod on those. Hit us up. Uh, we like talking to you guys and finding out what shows you want us to cover and just general chit-chat, you know. It's just really cool to kind of meet a lot of you guys over the last couple of years and learn how you found us and stuff like that. So we get right into the intro of the show, and it's a very quick intro, and it's just you kind of see the two main characters driving through Detroit, kind of a quick theme song, and it's just basically exterior shots of, like, the city, but there's that light animation over, like, pieces of things like if it was the bike like maybe a little bit of the inner rim of the wheel would have some animation to it like nothing big i like that quick and easy show me the city so i know where we are it was okay largely forgettable but it's yeah it's fine it's like it's 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 not much but it's if fine. there's one thing i've learned doing this podcast it's that i actually don't know what my preference is for intros because most of the time i'm like okay yeah quick and easy get into the show but then you have things like Full House, and it's like, I love this intro. It's long, arguably too long, especially in the first season. So I don't know. I mean, I guess if it's done right, you can go either way with it. I just don't think anybody can do it right now is the problem. I think it exists uh, yeah, so true. well in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and that's why we love them and we're nostalgic for them. Like some show being like, he's a two-time loser. You're like, oh, I want to hear the story of this show. If they did that now to like Broad City or something, you'd be like, what are they doing? This makes no yeah, sense. right. I think the reason is also that like shows nowadays are longer, right? Like if most of these shows are coming out in a streaming. You want network. the time for the content, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You don't want two minutes to be, you know. But there are shows where you look at even like The Office or a Parks and Rec where there's no lyrics attached, but just those songs did become iconic in a more modern world. Like there is room for that still. Like not that they were super long intros, but. People still like that comfort of like, oh, my show is about to start. Those are a gray area, though, because there's no lyrics, I think. Yeah, it, it, and I don't think there's a right answer, right? Like, there are shows that have short little intros or virtually no intro that in you, like, this is the way to go. And we've covered that over the last couple of years. There are times like, oh, this is so good that there's no intro and they just flash the screen. But then every, every now and again, you catch something and you're like, this is really cool. I'm glad they did like the old school style. 
it's kind of like a chicken and the egg type thing, right? Like we talk about like full house. Is the intro good on its own or does the show make the intro? Have we seen an example? I mean, I'm sure we have of where the intro song slaps, but the show sucks. I can't think of one off the top of It's a good question, head. actually. I can't think of one. I'm sure it does exist, though. But I do think that when you look at, like, and we keep saying Full House, and, you know, that composer did a few other step by big step. shows. Yeah, Family Matters. So, like, yeah, those are all great shows, but there's a reason that they all hired the same person, too, to do them, like. I think the thing we're missing here, though, is that those shows versus now, there's a different scenario. Now we have the skip intro button, and most people are watching on that. And even a show like Full House or The Office, where I love the theme song, I will probably watch it once if I'm watching, say, three or four episodes in a row. Yeah, for sure. At episodes three, four, and five, skip, skip, skip. I don't care. The only shows that still do that now are like the true crime documentaries, where it's just like, oh, we're going to go through this weird, slow plotting, full plot, like a cast thing for super long and you're like who would watch that why if you're about to like sit down and binge like eight episodes of the same show in one sitting there's no need to watch the intro over and over and over again i don't know why there isn't an auto skip option like why is that not a thing like yes always skip the intro just do yeah, it like you can always turn on subtitles because what always happens is is you're you're watching and then the thing pops up to skip, and you're like, fuck, where's the remote? You miss it. You miss you it. Hit the, it it's, it's so infuriating. It doesn't even last the whole intro. Yeah. You only, like, get to skip it if you catch it in the first, like, five seconds. If right, you don't, exactly, yeah. You have to, like, ride it out for some reason. Although, one thing I learned only on Peacock, if you, if you, if you miss it, and then you pause, you can skip it still. You can do that on most of them, actually. Oh, yeah. can you? Yeah. You just hit pause, and you usually just hit up from, like, the... Uh, navigation bar and it will pop back up before tv decided to go kaputski on us a few months ago we always watch snl like the day after every sunday morning and i've loved snl my entire life but i have no need to watch the intro with like norm mcdonald like i don't want to watch all of that every time yeah now do you think that it has something to do with like music rights or anything or do you think that they're already i mean i know that they're already all paid they already got their money but do you think it has something to do with that probably not i mean this one uses music and then a lot of shows, ones that have their own custom song instead of like a licensed song are paying for that song to be made. So they're not paying, unless the artist has royalties attached to syndication, like they're, they've given them a lump sum to like, we bought this song. For, yeah, for using it. Most uh, people will have royalties or publishing rights to it. I think those royalties are paid through the... Like a different, like ASCAP and Through BMI the networks that are airing them more so than it's not like the people who own or produce the show have to. Pay or there's a deal it. usually to be like, you can use it in perpetuity for TV and streaming, but you can't use it for DVD and Blu-ray. Like that's usually how it works. You pay a lump sum versus paying a few pennies every time it airs in syndication, which is like an easier way of doing it. We're like, we'll give these guys five grand and just whatever, you know, I think we should. Go ahead and start talking about Detroiters. Sure. And this episode, real quick, though, does have a good amount of licensed music in it. There's, like, two different death songs. And I was going to I was gonna bring that up when we got to it, which I thought was crazy weird that, like, the, the, Detroit, we'll get right? to that later. Yeah. So we start off by seeing people setting up for this commercial shoot for a hot tub company. Just right off the bat, we see that it's, like, a single camera show, which is kind of the style for a lot of the more modern shows. But worth noting, has that more cinematic single camera instead of the three camera kind of classic sitcom that, that we're used to. Uh, and we've debated back and forth about preference there, you know. Um, for the show, it works. 
we see the director's chair for like the star of the commercial, and that's uh, Eddie Champagne, and he is the hot tub king. So as they're getting ready for this commercial, you see someone putting on like the robe and crown on him, and um, also you see them boiling some hot water off to the side. <laughs> they're using like the like the hot plate that you use if you're gonna like boil it, uh, not boil, like fry a turkey. Yeah, yeah. or do like yeah. a clam bake. Yeah, clam bake. It's very much yeah. Clam bake makes more sense, right? Because if you're water. like tailgating, you would use them. Yeah. And we see the two main characters of the show, Tim and Sam, making sure like everything is good to go, and like they start up. And we have um, Eddie Champagne going, "Hey, folks, it's me, Eddie Champagne, the hot tub king of Detroit. If you don't like my prices, I'm gonna be the one in hot water." And then the guy just dumps a bucket of boiling hot water on his head. He's just like, <laughs> "Ah, shit!" <laughs> like he's like, you see steam coming off of him, and yeah, I don't know why it was like so simple and like. No one else really reacted to it, so it made it like even funnier. Yeah, this is great that they then play up to him. She's like, "You, that reaction's gonna look so good on the commercial." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought he'd be bullshit too after, but he was into it. He's so well. I think he's so wrapped up in the like we're filming a commercial that if if he thinks it looks good for the commercial, he's okay with it. Yeah, he's like a dollar bill. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and he doesn't come off as like the smartest dude or anything like that either not nope. that he comes off like dumb but no he comes off kind of dumb <laughs> yeah i think he comes off kind of yeah. dumb to be honest with you yeah. he's like he's not he's older than them but he's not like he doesn't come off like the authoritative role or by any means this guy too steve higgins the actor i mentioned earlier because he's in the ghostbusters movie with you jay he he's on snl a bunch it's like little kind of jokey characters but he's been writing for snl since 1995 oh really? wow no yeah. shit wow He's going to be one of the longest tenure. That's longer than Keenan's been there. Right. Yeah. I mean, almost 30 years. It's pretty wild. And if you think of how many things you've laughed at on SNL in since 1995, I mean, that like mid to late 90s period has so much stuff from our childhood that mm. I think about so often. So pretty awesome that he's just like a funny dude who can like make a uh, upfront appearance in this for like a one off and he nails it. Yeah. Now, guys, if we had to make a cheesy late night commercial. Yes, I would pour boiling water on your head if that's what you're asking. I would do that in a heartbeat, Gordo. Don't you worry. You can't ask us to create an entire pitch for a, an advertisement with, yeah, on the real fly. Quick. <laughs> yeah. This is this this is what the people want. Okay, then tell the people how you would do it. Gordo would be the diaper king. I'd be the 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 poop king actually. But no, I don't know. I was hoping somebody would jump in and and. Oh, really? Gnaw. The question you prepared for, you don't know how to answer, but we we are expected to know on the fly how to answer this. I'm the idea guy. I'm the idea guy. <laughs> I, I floated out, and I'm a collaborator, Jay. I'm a team player. We put a we put an umbrella hat on you with dollar bills hanging off of it, so that we can reference Dollar Bill, one of our great New England heroes. And then we pour the pot of boiling hot water on you to see if the <laughs> umbrella shields you or not. Yep. And then you scream S one E one while you're writhing on the ground. You'd be the, the Sofa King, right? Yeah, I would be. Sofa King what? Sofa King in trouble with his wife every time he talks out loud on this podcast. <laughs> Sitting right there. I'm not keeping my mouth shut there. <laughs> learned my lesson last week. Did you? I don't think you learned it. I didn't learn it, no. But uh, yeah, so anyways, when this commercial is kind of wrapping up, Sam gets a text that somebody is at the chop house, so him and Tim need to run off. So Tim kind of says, like, that's a wrap, and they, they abandon this shoot. Chop house. I really thought they said trap house. And I'm like, this is weird. You didn't notice afterwards <laughs> when they pulled up to the chop house? I, di I didn't. I never put it together. I was so confused thinking about why they were talking about a trap house. I didn't realize the name of the place. So we get a few transitional shots of the city. And then 
Uh, we end up at the Chop House. Before, I guess, before we even go into it, I, I've been in Detroit very, very recently. I was there like a few weeks ago. Have you guys ever been to Detroit, any of you? Nope. I was going to say, you went and you got to go to Motown. I was very jealous. I've never been to Detroit. Uh, to I Michigan can't remember, but I don't think I've been to Detroit. No. It was like a random, like for me, it was a, a really last minute decision. And I was like, you know what? I, I have a thing where I want to go to every baseball park. And I was like, well, where's somewhere that I don't think I'm ever going to have like a full-fledged vacation? I'm like, Detroit. That's easy enough. It's not. It's a couple-hour flight. So, uh, yeah, I flew out in the morning, and we did a couple breweries. I went to a baseball game, did some Detroit-style pizza, and then went to the Motown Museum and flew back home the same day. What is Detroit-style pizza? Yeah. Detroit-style pizza is square. Yeah, it's like a rectangular pan pizza with kind of like an airy crust. Technically, Little Caesars is Detroit-style pizza, yeah. but like the fast food version of it. If you ever see pizza, Nick, where it looks like there's two big stripes of sauce over the cheese? Airy crust reminds me of like a Greek crust. Well, it's not far because it's a pan pizza. Yeah. So, okay. it's, so you're going to get like that similar vibe. And there is like a, uh, like a Greek town, which is part of like... Um, like is it greasy like Greek pizza? Where I went wasn't super greasy, no. no. We went to like Buddy's, which there's like multiple locations now. They're like considered the original... But they're basically like a chain in the area now. Is there anything really better than just your classic New York style pizza? No, I mean, at the end of the day, if we're going to tangent and talk pizza for a minute. I prefer Greek pizza. All I want is like New York style, like an Italian pizza. I, I'm not a big Greek pizza fan. I don't dislike Greek by any means, but I, if I'm picking one, I, I would definitely go towards I Italian. I don't dislike Italian, but the Greek pizza, they always put the cheese on with the toppings and then more cheese over the toppings. And as a pepperoni and cheese guy, that to me is like the top of pizza That's world. why I don't like it. I don't think you need that much cheese on pizza, which is my thing with Greek pizza. I literally order extra cheese on every pizza I get. I also love a good like bakery pizza that has almost no cheese. Like Sometimes Ooh. they're just sauce and bread. I like it, but as a different thing. And I don't know if we ever talked about it here. I, I kind of feel like we did, but maybe we just independently talked about it. Bakery pizza is good for what it is, but it's a different thing. Yeah, I'm never going to get like bakery pizza for dinner. Like, if you if like if you came by and I'm like, hey, I got some extra pizza in the kitchen if you want some, and you went in and it was bakery pizza, you're like, well, that's not what I thought. I would still enjoy it though. Yeah, yeah. sure. For yeah. me, that was always a holiday thing. Like we always got a big bakery pizza Christmas Eve. Yeah, I would remember, like, going, if I went to, like, the bakery with one of my parents when I was a kid for, like, a holiday, and, like, I just never had a huge sweet tooth, so when it was, like, me and my brother could go, could, like, oh, like, and if you guys want something, like, we're getting a box to bring to whoever's house, but then, like, you know, say, like, you know, if you want a cookie or uh, a half moon or something, and I would typically, if they had bakery pizza, get a slice of that, because, like, that's just more appealing to me. I would do the same, yeah. Oddly, not a cannoli. <laughs> cannoli Joe. Remember the upper crust in Harvard? They would you could get like was it the upper crust? Am I confusing that? Crazy doughs, crazy doughs. Uh, where was it in Harvard? But remember, you could get like your pepperoni and cheese slices, regular traditional circle cut. But then they also had the square ones. Were those square ones Detroit style? Pinocchios. You're thinking of Pinocchios. That was Sicilian. Sicilian. Okay. okay. Yeah, like a square pizza is usually Sicilian. The the pan pizza aspect of it kind of makes it Detroit style. Is is there any difference in Sicilian pizza and like the square pizza always tastes a little different. Is is there really a different, or is I'm I'm just making that up in my head? Well, square pizza is Sicilian pizza. Yeah. No, but he's saying that it's tasting different, even though it's all the same shit. Exactly. Oh, then regular pizza. Correct. It's like waffles and pancakes. It's the, the same dough, batter. The dough is so different. Like it's so much thicker. Like you're talking a really thick piece of dough. And yeah, it's probably the ratio is what you're yeah. tasting okay. differently. And I don't know. I mean, I, again, I might have said this on here before. I forget where I'd heard it, 
someone had said like the crazy thing about pizza it's like the same few ingredients but if you go to like a thousand different places it tastes different but they're all gonna be yeah it's crazy yeah i feel the same way about burgers too we have two places that we order burgers from and they're wildly different burgers you know what i mean and like it's the same things like how did that happen but yeah to go back to this we get to the chop house and we see tim and sam pull up in front of it and from inside the car they're like getting ready to go in so they both put on like ties and blazers and then they take out a bottle of steak sauce and like toss some on their ties which i was so confused when at the moment i'm like i was yeah i'm like i'm glad there was a payoff to it it did have me thinking i know we just tangented and talked about food but we do that all the time here like i love steak sauce but i don't think i've had it in like years at this point i had it like a week ago yeah me too I go for the good steak over a steak that needs sauce, I think. Well, that's the thing is, as I've gotten older, I tend to buy, like, a nicer steak, and then it doesn't feel right to dump, like, A1 on it. I've said this before on the podcast, and you guys all yelled at me, but I would eat 8 million cheeseburgers over one steak. I like steak. I just don't. I prefer a burger to it. So I buy really nice steak. We'll cook it on the grill, but I still put steak sauce on it. Well, I mean, if you're going to offer it that way, if you say I can have 8 million burgers or one steak, I mean, it would be... That's my qualifier. It's it's a numbers game. Foolish on my part to say, give me the steak. Like, I mean, come on. I personally think steak is at its best form when it's with cheese and in a sub. Oh, so when you make a burger out of the steak, yeah. Yes. Or like a steak sandwich, yeah. Pretty much. What about steak sauce on a burger? I've done it. I do it at Five Guys sometimes. They offer it as one of their options. But we've talked about what we like on our burgers before. We all have wildly different Yeah, no, no, we've had that. Toppings. So, yeah, so to get back into this, they run in and they talk to their friend who's the busboy. That's the one who had texted them, and they're asking where somebody is. And he points over to the corner booth, and we see a man by the name of Carter Grant, and he's telling a story to the other people sitting around him at the table. Carter Grant, played by Jason Sudeikis on here, like I said, he's one of the producers of this show. That's a good get, too, to get a big star, a pretty big star to play, you know, a cameo in your first episode. Shows a lot of... But he's a producer of the show. He's he's sure. invested in this, so... I didn't know that's who Jason Sudeikis was. We did we Ted did Lasso. Ted Lasso on this show like a month ago, Gordo. Well, he looked different because he had a mustache, Joe. Wow. <laughs> the, the... I did not even put two and two together. You usually don't. <laughs> I want to play like Guess Who or something with Gordo, where like an idea of a mustache can change somebody's look so much that he has no idea who the person is anymore. I really didn't put two and two together. Okay. So that's Jason Sudeikis. That's Jason Sudeikis, yeah. We also talked about <laughs> SNL like 50 times in this episode. He was on SNL for like 10 years, no mustache. The only, I only watched the Weekend Update Instagram. That's about the only funny thing on SNL going. Oh, right so now. now, so your only knowledge of SNL now is basically when Colin Jost has to read black jokes. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what you think is the only funny thing about the show. Also lends to your sense of humor, Gordo. In any event, so, so they see him sitting in the corner booth. They rush over, and while they're doing it, Tim has, like, a, he's doing, like, the fake phone call thing where he's like, oh, a million dollars? Yeah. This scene right here, this is when I figured out what the humor of this show is. This show is just a modern take on Freddy Got Fingered. This um. is the scene where he goes into the restaurant with the fake phone, and instead of yelling a million dollars, he yells, 40 million Deutschmarks? You're fucking fired, Bob. I say Helsinki, like the scene is just that scene in Freddy Got Fingered. Right, but I would not say that Detroiters as a whole is the modern take on Freddy Got Fingered. I think it's a very, it's an updated version of that very type of humor. I actually got kind of like a Workaholics vibe. I can see Workaholics a bit too. I will say though, I, got, I hold Freddy Got Fingered in a, a huge regard. I love that movie. That's not an insult. I just think that that movie is a little more out there, a little more wild than some of the antics. Yeah. Where this is a little... 
it has its moments, but a little bit more grounded in reality. When they get to the table and start to introduce themselves, I, I kind of like that. Um, and, and by the way, we find out that Carter Grant is the VP of marketing for Chrysler. And when he asked them, like, have we met? I like the, we're about to, Sam DeVay. And I was like, <laughs> I, I don't know why I like that line so much. I just thought it was so like, it was such like a. It's like a salesman a, move, yeah. There was like a charisma and like confidence that go yeah. behind that, yeah. It exudes an air of confidence that none of us have ever had. Also, I want to say, to this day, anytime people mention Chrysler's now, I have to think about me, myself, and Irene. Get your cock out of my Chrysler. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, yeah. it's <laughs> embedded in my brain forever now. I feel like that movie oddly comes up. That's Is that maybe the last like real funny Jim Carrey movie? I think it might be. Might be, yeah. Yeah. Was Liar Liar after that? No, no, it was definitely before, before that, yeah. Okay. And it was the return of Seabass. Yes. Cam Neely, Boston's own. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so quick pivot on that. So I had Bruins season tickets for, I don't know, like it was like eight years. And they used to have like a state of the Bruins address. And they let all the season ticket holders go to the garden. They had like an area sectioned off and like a bunch of like VPs and stuff like that would all be sitting like at a table, kind of like in the middle of the arena. And there was a year I did it and you had to like, they would screen your question ahead of time. So this was like not that funny, but I thought it was hilarious at the time. I was a lot younger. And I asked whatever fake question so they let me stand up. And I just asked Cam Neely, like, does anyone ever like on the street, like just yell Seabass at you? And he <laughs> like, I mean, I was generally curious. I just knew they wouldn't let me ask him if I asked that ahead of time. And he found no humor in that at all. Like, he, just, <laughs> he just deadpan. He's like, yeah, yeah, sometimes. And I'm like, okay, I feel like a shithead now. you wouldn't think a guy who would do that scene with a hat that says wine me dine me 69 me (laughs) who does a like i'm gonna rape a guy scene which if you ever watched the unrated version of dumb and dumber he pulls his pants down so that his whole pubes pop out too right like he goes full on in that to then be like embarrassed by that i find a little that bums then when you become like you know like the general manager or president of operations and like the major sports team, you have to play it down, yeah. It's a different it's a different situation than when you're like a freshly retired player. <laughs> to go back into this, Tim introduces himself and he says, Oh, I'm Tim Cramblin from Cramblin Advertising. And the woman at the table is like, Oh, are you Hank's son? And you know, we so this was Hank Cramblin had originally had this advertising firm and now Tim the son has taken over. She asks how he's doing and he's like, Oh, he went insane and he lives in a nut house now. Oh well <laughs> tell uh, next time you see him say that Sally Pomerantz from Chicago said hello. He's like, he won't understand that. Talking to him is like talking to Bugs Bunny. <laughs> well, then you tell him what's up, Doc. Thank you. That'll mean a lot to him. <laughs> that exchange <laughs> being played so seriously is so fucking funny. Yeah. Her saying what's up, Doc, and that like that like legit serious tone was um <laughs> I really I did like that a lot. Uh do you know who plays the dad later on in the series, by the way? I I didn't look it up. I I kind of stand no. up. Detroit so legend Kevin Nash. Oh, no really? shit. Really? Yeah, so his dad, who passed, well, who was not dead, but he's in the nut house now, is played by Kevin Nash. Oh, that's awesome. And he's, he's like a legit Detroit guy. Yeah. yeah. Who talks about uh, Detroit pizza pretty much constantly. And if you've listened to his podcast, sometimes you have to fast forward because you're like, this is a lot of pizza talk. <laughs> I, I would say someone would argue the same for us at times. I was going to say, we have something in common, Kevin Nash. Yeah, we Nash. went on a long pizza rant not long ago. So then Sam starts to talk to him, and he's like, oh, you're just as I imagined you, only the wrong color. <laughs> And uh, evidently, he imagines everyone as black, which um, he he even thinks is probably because he himself is black. <laughs> I like how this needed to be explained for yeah. some reason. Yeah. See, the reason the reason he imagined he was black is because he himself is black. 
<laughs> they're talking like, oh, you know, we just want to talk to you all because we just finished eating. You might notice that we have stains on our ties and we have a receipt. The receipt really makes that for me, especially because that's like you can't read it. You know what I mean? So yeah. like it could just be a receipt from like, well, it'd be a lot longer for some CVS, but like a receipt from like a store for anything, you know. Also, like realistically, there'd never be a moment where he questioned, like, do these people even actually eat here that you have to like dump steak sauce all over your tie for no reason? We've also talked before about this, about wearing ties while eating and the you moved your tie back over your shoulder. You you shouldn't be spilling steak sauce on your tie. Yeah, that's like the wedding move, too. And I think of that only yeah. because it's the only time I'm wearing a tie and eating. It's right, yeah. Like you just flip it over your shoulder while you eat. And uh, they tell Carter they want to throw their name in the hat for the next ad campaign. He has some reservations about this, thinks that they might be a little too small for a company like Chrysler. And they say, like, you know, you can't go with these guys. Like, they're from Chicago. It's like, you make your cars in Detroit. Like, you should make your ads there, too. And after they said that, like, he kind of caves. And he's like, all right, well, you guys can have a meeting 8 a.m. Well, he just says eight, and Tim doesn't understand that he means a.m. I can't do that. He's like, oh, I can't do that. I have dinner with my wife. I, I absolutely can't do eight. So as we found out, he eats dinner not at the time most of us do, but earlier than Nick does. He has dinner at <laughs> right. eight o'clock. Nick, is that better for you? Could you start to get dinner at eight? Yes. Uh, hey, I'm, I'm all for later dinners. So the joke aside of him not understanding how what he meant by eight o'clock, if this was that important, if you had an opportunity... That's what's funny about it, is he immediately said no because he had dinner to, to go to. With his wife. And it wasn't even like, go out to dinner. It was just like, I'm going to have dinner at home with my wife. I'm in sales. I got a phone call a few weeks ago. I'm making dinner. Person calls and says, hey, so here's what's up. We scheduled this call for you to talk to all of us, but we forgot to invite you. So everybody from our organization is here right now. It is 7.30 p.m. on the East Coast. Can you come and talk to us? Then I said, give me five minutes. Send me the link. I'll be right there. Because that's what you do if you're trying to like be in sales yeah. and get a big deal. If it was a smaller deal, I wouldn't have. But if you're a small company trying to get Chrysler cars, yeah, yeah. you skip dinner with your wife at 8 o'clock. They sprint out, and the second they, like after they get this meeting uh, uh, confirmed, they sprint outside. And as soon as they get to the bottom of the steps, Sam just starts puking. Like, aggressively. fucking killed me when the couple walks by. Or the two, was it two dudes walk by? I think it was two and dudes. And Tim's like, yeah. no, the food's actually really good. This the wasn't good. from it's that. This is something else. Yeah. And then Sam goes, yeah, save room for dessert. <laughs> 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 and get I fucking so lost They it. went in, though. If I walked out, people were walking out of a restaurant throwing up, and I could tell that they weren't just, like, visibly too drunk. I would probably decide to maybe not go to the restaurant that day. I would turn right around. No ifs, no ands, no buts. Feels like yeah. an Arby's night. Anyway, time to go. I would just assume that person would drink too much. I would never assume it was the food, yeah. really. If you're going to Chop House, it, like, it sounds like this was an expensive meal and you probably needed a reservation. I mean, so... this is like a Ruth's Chris type place. Yeah, I'm sure if you're about to yeah. walk inside, you're not like, well, never mind. Or maybe they ate something that's always dicey, right? Like, we had oysters where, like, that could, you know, just get you, right? Because you never know. So the next scene, we're inside of Cramblin' Advertising, and the secretary, who's like this older woman, is starting to like turn the lights off and kind of get ready to pack it in for the day. Covers her typewriter. So slowly with a typewriter cover. Oh, maybe so happy for, and so longing for the better old times. It's like, it's kind of like, the vibe is, when you look inside, it's almost like when Tim's dad went crazy. Tim like took over, but... There's been no growth in the company. Now it's just kind of locked in this yeah, time machine. He didn't change anything. Yeah, it's like what his dad last left. And not not to preserve it, just because he just doesn't know what to do. Right. Well, later on, we find out that they don't have clients. 
Well, yeah, not ma- well. No, they have some. I mean, they they filmed the commercial in the beginning. They just they're not. They don't have any more. of the previous clients. They have right. their own. They Correct. found though. The secretary heads over to the office where Tim and Sam are, and we can already hear them from like you know their voices ahead of time, and they're just kind of bouncing ideas back and forth. And she walks into the doorway and says, "I'm taking off for the day unless there's anything you need, anything at all, Big Hank," because she's old and like senile and thinks that Tim is his father. And he tries to correct her and says, like, I'm Tim, remember? And she just goes, whoops, I dropped my pencil. And then <laughs> she can't, she's so old, and she can't bend over to pick the pencil back up. And she's trying to be seductive. And she's, like, stuck against the wall. And I'm just, like, can I just leave it? Can I, it? can I just leave it here? Like, yes, please, please just leave it. I love how they play, like, seductive music as yeah. well as she's trying to bend over yeah. really makes the scene. I love too if you look up this woman who you like assume she's been some character actor for like 45 years and she's like down to do funny stuff now because she knows she's aged into a different role or whatever. And it's like, yeah. nope, has like four credits started acting two years ago. Or like, you imagine really? deciding to be an actor at like 75 and being like, yes, I will do a hot old lady joke. I And I thought like as far as the physical comedy went, she did a really good job because she was like very she funny watching it trying to bend over. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah. Joe, did it get you going? I was waiting for it. I was watching it. I was like, everyone's going to ask me about this woman. And once again, I will reiterate that though I like older women, Rue McClanahan was like 44 when I said she was attractive. And we are all almost Uh, 40. She looked like she was 64, though. That's the thing. It was a different look. If you look at girls at that age, then versus now, it's a different, totally different situation. It's like a just for men scenario. She's got the experience to show you it is, but she's also got the energy to show you how it is. You know what I mean? No. Right. Um, so, so as as this woman's leaving, uh, a girl by the name of Leah happens to walk in, and she's asking if the two are ready to help edit the hot tub commercial. We, she was actually, you see her in that intro, too, when they're filming it uh, or in the first scene. And they tell her, oh, like, that's just small potatoes, and they got something big that they're working on now. And tell her that, you know, she can just edit herself, especially on account of the fact that she's in film school and should be able to handle it. And I'll say this. We'll talk about it when it comes up. I knew exactly where this was heading. Yeah, yeah. This is telegraphed pretty easy. You knew knew what was coming. Maybe not the specifics, but you knew. Now we get into this montage of the two just, like, playing with this, like, mini basketball in the office. And that's when um, the song You're a Prisoner by Death is playing. I guess, like, yeah, the the Detroit tie-in didn't hit me. So I was just like, wait, what? I didn't expect like a death song to pop up. Two, because they play uh, well, yeah, back to and back. My Eyes later too, yeah. Yeah, it, which is actually like immediately after, which is weird because like the montage kind of cuts into its own like sub montage. While they're playing basketball, Sam's elbow bumps into a piece of glass that's like on the exterior door like to get into the office, like right next to the door. And they're like, oh my God, like the door, like this glass is indestructible. So now the two have pivoted from playing basketball to we need to try to break this piece of glass, which is in their office, which is insane. Before they do that, does everybody here know the story of Gary Hoy? No. This is immediately what I thought of. Look up Gary. I'll tell you the story, but look it up after. It's one of the funniest stories of all time. So Gary Hoy was an accountant in, this is Toronto, in like the early 90s, right? So he had this like party trick in this high rise building where he would always run to like scare people and jump into the window in the high rise to be like see you don't fall out and he would like do it when they'd have like an office party or whatever so eventually he goes to do it when he's got like a student full of um accounting students there like a whole group of them 
But he's like, you guys want to see how strong these windows are? And he runs and he jumps against it. And to be fair, the glass does not break. However, the whole pane of glass comes out Ooh. of the window holding and the dude sails down like 30 stories on the glass and like, you know, explodes to death on the ground, right? Like that was his party trick and he just did it one too many times. <laughs> And like, it's one of those stories I've always just thought was so funny. I think I first heard it. Remember that show, like, A Million Ways to Die? Yeah. yeah. That was on, like, yeah, Spike like TV on Spike when we were in TV. high school. Yeah, that's where I first heard it. And then I looked it up later on. Like, there's definitely, like, a Wikipedia entry about it. It's been, like, written about on shows and everything. But the best thing about it is, like, they, like, looked for a lot. Yeah, that's, like, Book of Darwinism or whatever. Yeah, definitely Book of Darwinism. But they were, like, to be fair, it didn't break. <laughs> like, the glass company has said to this day, they were, like, our glass is good. It was shoddy craftsmanship yeah. and a dumbass who killed them. So, Gary Hoy, I thought of you during this scene. That is horrifying. Well, like, yeah. I don't even, <laughs> I don't even like being up in heights. Like, the Me older neither. I get, the less I like heights. I've never been a heights guy, so I would never even entertain doing that. If it was no, me. neither do I. Neither would I. They have that box of the Sears Tower in Chicago now that sticks out over. Oh, fuck uh, Never. You couldn't pay me enough to go stand on that. Nope, 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 nope. So these guys who are trying to break glass, I mean, they're they're like they're just throwing everything they can find at it, like coffee pot, a phone, and then finally Tim has like this candle holder, and like he's like demonic at this time, like he's just like candle, candle holder, candle holder. They're also <laughs> chanting for everything too, yeah. like coffee pot, and like, coffee and, pot, and they do finally break it. Although he he corrects and says it's not broken, it's just shattered. And then <laughs> they grab, I, I like this, they grab this desk. And, but it's, like, so old and decrepit <laughs> that the, as soon as they go to pick it up and, like, hoist it to the glass, it just collapses in their hands. <laughs> it's also one of those desks, too, though, that we all have seen these and maybe had them in places before where it, it's just a slab of wood attached to very thin sheet metal. It's like a teacher's desk. Yeah, like a teacher's desk where, like, you don't have to do that much to, like, rip the screws out of that because it's so thin, you know? It's funny. I like what I liked about it was it collapsing like that was just realistic. Like, that's just what would happen in real life, <laughs> yeah. where most people would dummy it up and reinforce it for the sake right. of the show so it could go through the glass. Or make it explode way funnier. Yeah, so to see it just fall apart in their hands was just like, I don't know, the, it made it more relatable. and it, I don't know, that, that made me laugh. And, and when that happens, though, it reveals something from, like, one of the drawers. They find, like, an old bottle of, like, diet pills from the 70s, which was also used for speed. And like, like, should we take these? And you look up, and Sam already has a full mouthful of these pills. <laughs> He's got like fifty in his mouth. They expire in nineteen seventy four. Has anybody here ever taken real speed before? No, no. Okay, I've taken real speed a lot. Like not meth, not meth, but like pharmaceutical grade amphetamines. Nick, you'll know who I'm speaking about. But when we were like eighteen and worked at the gas station, there was somebody who worked at the Honeydew who would just she was a user of hard drugs and when you're a user of hard drugs and you fall asleep all the time they prescribe you very strong speed so you can like not fall asleep in front of your car but she didn't want any of those so she just gave them to me so i learned that if you just chew those not swallow them chew them it gets into your bloodstream way faster there were days i remember being at your house jay 
we were all sitting in the living room, like waiting to go out and drink for the night or whatever, and just like chewing on my lips, being like, because it like totally destroys your brain chemistry. It is a sounds weird great. high to be on. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like a blast. <laughs> yeah, it was always fun. To be honest, it was really, really fun until then later on, it'd be like two in the morning, and everyone'd be like, I'm going to bed. And I'd be like, I'm going to walk the beach for four hours because I have so much energy and you can't just like sit down when you're like that. But it was fun times. There's very few feelings that I can experience that are more uncomfortable than being over-caffeinated. It's like I would watch Jay drink all the energy drinks back in the day, and you guys with, like, the caffeine pills in, like, middle school that was for some reason. And if I have too much coffee, I'm, like, nauseous and shaky. I'm like, I don't like this. I don't know why you would, like, like do that on purpose. Well, that's a thing, though. I mean, for me, the reason I would drink such an insane amount of, like, energy drinks and coffee and stuff was the fact that my caffeine tolerance was so high that it did nothing to me. So, and yeah. I remember even, like, I remember being kids, like, when we were in high school, like, me and Joe would, like, go to, like, Bickford's and drink, like, a pot of coffee at yep. night and then be like, then go home and go to bed. Yeah. Like, with no effect. We drank that much. We ruined it for ourselves. Yeah. yeah. And, like, and to this day, like, my caffeine tolerance is just astronomical. And I was almost completely off caffeine for, like, a couple of years. And I, like, dabble again now. And yeah. even then, I thought the reset would help. But it really, not by much. A little bit, but not by much. I did a decade of no caffeine in that first, like, month or so where I was back was definitely like being on uppers again. Like you'd drink a big coffee from Starbucks or something and you would just be like jittery and shaky and sweaty. It was like a really weird, it's not as fun in your late 30s as it was in your late teens. I will tell you that much. I was just going to say that there's a difference between 16-year-old us and almost 40-year-old us. That I don't like that feeling either. I get almost borderline panic attacks if I'm over-caffeinated. Oh yeah, anxiety comes real quick. The, the, yeah. Anytime I feel effects from caffeine, it's not the ones I'm supposed to feel like, the, oh, I'm a little bit more alert yep. and less tired. It's more the, I feel it in my heart. And now I feel like a little queasy because it's making me nervous. Yeah. Like, and that's not like what I wanted of that. So. Right. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I feel like the more and more we've been doing episodes, the more it's just we're getting old and we're just like coming to terms with it. And we, we're just talking about like. It's like a therapy session for us as we like yeah. grapple with our. uh <laughs> mortality and realizing that our, our, this is like our bodies ourselves but for a bunch of dudes who are almost 40 we're like accepting our changing body you don't think you're getting old until you're sitting there going coffee makes me queasy sometimes <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> like, that's like i can't have coffee after like 4 p.m i'll never get to bed you're like oh it turned we turned the corner it's even crazier too because like i feel like it's not a gradual thing either. It's like fucking one day there's 10 things wrong with you. Yep. Oh, and yeah. it's like, yep. Wait, yep. Wait, where did this, why? Why is this happening all at the same time? I swear. It's really frustrating. The I feel like it was the day I turned 30 was when I could no longer like go through the night without having to take a piss. It was like, it was. I go so much now, yeah. So I drink a lot. Like I consume a lot of liquid throughout the day, but I used to be able to like drink glass after glass after glass of water right before i would go to bed and still be fine and now that is not now i have to be like okay one glass okay but like i can't just drink three glasses of water consecutively and then go to bed that's not going to work anymore for me it's not even just bed i can't go an hour car ride without having to pee like that's just how it is now oh like we've mapped out for certain rides like if we're going to boston we know like what exits have like the rest stop that you can just go pee at real quick like because there's nothing worse than being like trying to find a coffee shop or like a gas station when you really have to pee and you go in and they're like we actually it's for employees only and you're like i'm gonna piss on the wall then i, I can't handle it but i think that's like a thing of getting older you live in maine just mm -hmm. pull over and piss on a tree 
No one's going to see you. No one lives in Maine. I keep my state beautiful. I don't just go pee willy-nilly everywhere. I'll use a bathroom like an adult I bring all I my to. pee to Massachusetts. So uh, anyways, now that they're all sped up, um, you see the two of them now like all high off the speed, and they're going over this pitch, which is basically a man is driving down the street in a Chrysler, and he spots his daughter walking into a tattoo parlor owned by bikers, which is going to get her nipples pierced. And, now, and they're talking about like, Oh, a drop of red blood rolls down her milky black breast. This does, this won't translate well because you have to understand how manic they look yeah. while they're saying all of this. <laughs> I like the joke, though, of calling back that they each see, they think of people both in different colors. I thought it was like a right. funny callback so quick. As this man is watching his daughter apparently get her nipples pierced, he just looks and goes, oh, my baby's all grown up. Gotta let her fly. <laughs> Chrysler, time to fly. It's like... Even if they didn't show, like, in their version of the story, they're saying, like, you would see full breast. But imagine any commercial, like, even if it was hiding, where a, a father's watching his daughter get her nipples pierced. Yeah, no. Would say, she's finally grown up. Yeah. In all honesty, you'd remember that ad. That's true. Yeah, but fair, would you remember what it was for? You, you probably wouldn't, but you'd remember it. I like that it cuts after they're, like, celebrating to them at the bar, like, moments later. But they're, like, like, they've come down from the speed, and they were all like, we can't show boobs in a commercial. <laughs> <laughs> There's something, I mean, like, even from, like, a lesser standpoint of, like, not drugs ever, like, you know, you think of, like, go back at ideas you had when you were drinking too much with your friends, you know, like, you write something out or whatever, like, there's always the next day where you're like, that's just not gonna work. Like, we thought it was so genius at the time. The bartender, when oh, they, ordered, God. they ordered two more beers, and the like, and she asked, hot or cold? And, like, what? Like, <laughs> And Tim's like, come on, man. And then you just cut to this old guy at the other end of the bar, like, picking up this, like, steamy, steamy hot beer. <laughs> and it, like, it got me. I wasn't expecting it. And the cutaway to him drinking his hot beer. Like, this so killed weird. me. And then the next scene they do with the guy, I think, is low-key the funniest joke in the whole episode. We'll, we'll get to it in a minute. They realize that their commercial is about to air on television. So they ask the girl behind the bar, like, hey, would you mind turning the TV on? So now we see that hot tub commercial and wow so we know that the girl the art school student is the one who edited it. and it's just like all these weird clips so I mean, it's a little artsy and weird at first but then it's just like candid footage of him talking to one of the girls who's like doing like his makeup for the commercial and he's just like <laughs> my god you're beautiful you really knock me out you know that he's like staring straight at her chest too while he's doing yeah. it he's not reading her eyeline at all he's like ever kiss a guy like me would you no probably got a boyfriend and then my favorite part where he goes, I must disgust you. <laughs> no, no. He says, do you have a boyfriend? Oh, yeah. Right before you that. give a boyfriend. Is he young and virile? That must disgust you. He says that. No, he says, I must disgust you after. He says, he, he says that about the boyfriend, but then says, I must disgust you. Remember when he says it about the boyfriend that then cuts to the guy drinking the steamy beer and he's oh. agreeing with him. <laughs> yeah. I think it's low-key yeah, yeah, yeah. the funniest joke of the entire episode. It's a quick cutaway, but I love that they have the same mindset. I love that he also uh, picks up a piece of bologna off the ground. Oh my oh, God, yeah. that was so gross because there's no like good way to shoot that. Which also isn't floor meat one of the nicknames for Meredith in the office in a later episode. <laughs> when he also tells that girl, like, I, I wish I would have met you when I was 18. I was amazing then. <laughs> and then uh after that commercial's done it cuts back to like the news program that was on and he goes the news anchor is like 
Wow, normally I don't comment on commercials, but that was very bad. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea. It's funny about that, too, is that, like, I don't know if you can see the commercials playing if you're on the news. I think you're just, like, at a blank screen and they count you back Maybe in. Maybe through a monitor, but, like, not with full sound. Yeah. And I get that they told this girl, like, just edit it so they didn't have to do the editing because, like, they had other stuff to worry about. But you would think before that gets turned in to be aired, they would want at least proof watch it yeah something once being the owners of the but also i think we're establishing they're not like the best owners of a company to begin with they didn't edit the commercial because they were fucked up on speed yeah making up stories about nonsense like they're just not good at it and then from there you see the two just sitting on the hood of the car and they're talking and sam's kind of worried that you know th- this commercial is obviously terrible and they have nothing ready wait for wait before when they left the bar she goes uh, do you want those? Do you want a goodie bag for those beers? And Sam goes, "What are you talking about? <laughs> That's a terrible idea. It's <laughs> a terrible idea. It caught me like pretty good." So now that they're sitting on the car, they're again they're just kind of like everything's all messed up. Like you know we we're behind and everything. And Sam's like, "Well, you know, remember like when we first took over the company and like how everyone quit and the clients all left, but like a year later we finally got someone." They say also that everyone quit and the clients all left on the same day, which they're like, I'm in charge now and everybody left that day. (laughs) And imagine too, like whether or not you believe in Tim or not, but the idea like his father just like had like a mental breakdown and being committed and it's like, all right, you know, listen, things are real bad with dad. I just want you guys to know that I'm here and I'm going to take care of the company. And they're like, fuck off. And they just left. <laughs> Everyone he leaves. must have made a name for himself before his dad left. Power because you there. think like this poor dude's probably going through a lot. <laughs> Well, think of it, too, though, like, if you have, think of, you know, everybody, you know, you've been to all, like, your parents' work before, right? Like, you go to see, like, your mom or your dad or whatever at work. People who work with your parents have an idea of how you are as a kid. So they probably had a good idea of what he was like, and when he took over, they were like, we know, it's not like they were like, we'll give him a week. They were like, oh, this guy's a fuck-up or out. They're having this conversation, which is kind of like, you know, a means for them to be kind of uplifted and feel motivated to keep working, right? That's kind of the whole purpose of the conversation. But during it, now the there's like a garbage truck parade that happens. <laughs> so we're, we're to believe, I guess it's like four in the morning and this is when they all go out. Like they all just, yeah, leave for the day. Like I was so confused by it. They know all of them by name and they're like super excited to watch it. Like what the fuck is happening? This whole thing feels very much like, like post knowing this, this very much feels like a, just a sketch from, I think you should leave. Like the whole garbage can thing just seems like a quick yeah. five minute thing they would do on that. It's funny, too, because I feel like I know it was more complicated than this, but like I feel like you can tell what Tim is writing and you can tell what Sam is writing. I think so. Yeah. You know, it's especially if you have seen I think you should leave. Um, it, you can you can definitely see the line, I think. And while these garbage trucks are going by, they're like, you know, like this is like, you know, what Chrysler is. You know, it's not just a company. It's these guys. It's our friends. Yeah, every Chrysler is uh, the city of Detroit on four wheels. And they wait, what? Like, they realize, like, you know, Sam just said something that, like, they get the pitch now. Like, that's the big tagline for the ad. So now you cut to the next day, and the two are in the office getting ready for the big meeting. And, like, they're super pumped because they have this pitch, like, all together now. And the secretary hands them their morning hot dogs, which was, like, a just, like, a <laughs> box of hot dogs, like, in wrappers. A box of hot dogs and a jumbo-sized bag of potato chips. I think maybe as I say some of these things out loud, I'm realizing that your Freddy Got Fingered thing is not as 
thank you as as it should as it's I very much it. i feel like in the same world also i looked up these potato chips they are a detroit brand better yes. made and you can buy them on amazon i'm a little tempted all of their chips are gluten-free. i love a good potato chip me too and you can get like mix packs if you guys want to like split a box of them we can get like a bunch of different flavors yeah i'm down yeah i'm down i mean sure i mean like who doesn't love a good bag of chips right I don't know if we've had this conversation and, uh, you know, we've had so many food tangents already and I feel like maybe we talked about it, but I do prefer like a good original chip over a super flavored one. We have, yeah, because I'm the same with you. I like just regular chips. Again, not to say I dislike the, the flavors. I, I don't want people to get upset with me here, but. Okay, since we have talked about this, I'll pivot a little bit. Something this company is also very much known for is their potato sticks. What are you guys' thoughts on the potato stick? Because I love a good potato stick. Only out of a can. Yeah, it has I to don't be want. Can. I don't want yeah. a bag of it. It's too no. hard because I would like to. I like to drink the sticks. Yep. You know what I mean. Yeah, me too. You want to choke and half chew all of them. <laughs> right. Exactly. Back when you talk about the gas station that uh, you and Nick used to work at, there used to be a subway attached to there. And the one thing I liked doing back then was I would go to Subway and get a sub, and then go over to the gas station and get a little tin of the potato sticks and put them in the sub. Think of it like that little crunch. That's a good idea, yeah. That's a good call, yeah. Because I love a good chip in a sandwich, but it's not economical sometimes with potato sticks. Ah, really man, do it. Uh, a turkey and cheese with a nice, like, Lay's, just regular Lay's chip, like, smushed in there. Oh, it's so fucking good. It is good. Yeah. Those, the, you need, like, the good thin chip, like, Lay's for that. As they're heading out to this meeting, they run into Leah, like, right as they're about to get on the elevator. And then she's like, oh, hey, guys, what did you think of the commercial? And they're like, no, Leah, you tanked it. It's, he's like, you shit the bed. And they're like, <laughs> you absolutely blew it. <laughs> like, they're, like, they're ripping into her. And I, I, I don't know. I, I can't do it justice because, like, they're, the, the cadence at which they said it was so aggressive. There's also something super funny about getting out a bunch of funny things at somebody perfectly timed to an elevator door closing on you. Like, the, yes. the timing of that makes that joke so much funnier. And now that they're gone, they're driving to the interview. And the two are, like, taking, like, a quick moment to kind of reflect on everything and congratulate one another on, like, the situation. Because it's, like, a huge moment for them. They big pitch with Chrysler. And, like, this is probably going to be, like, if all goes well and they're feeling so confident about this, could be the thing that, like, launches this company back to where it was. So as they're doing this, Tim's eyes are off the road and he's looking at Sam. And as, as one would expect, boom, they slam into Carter Grant. Uh, like brutal hit, like he flips over the car. Yeah, yeah. One of those, like you know, you obviously they're using like a stunt double, but that even like with movie magic, that that fucking stunt hurts. guy earned his money that day, man. That was yeah, a did. brutal stunt to do. I mean, it's just, you can you can equate it to uh, wrestling. You know what I mean? Like, yes, it's scripted, but that does not mean it doesn't hurt. You know, right? You still had to get hit by a car and then flip and land on the ground. <laughs> yeah. How many takes? Do you think you've got being hit by a car like one. that? One. You've got one, and you yeah. hope you get it, because you can't do that twice. Yeah. They get out of the car, and they're worried that he's going to, like, recognize them when he comes to. So they put... The logic is weird here, but just to follow. They get that empty bag of potato chips and put it over his head, and then drag his body into the bushes, <laughs> and they toss leaves on him. That also means between the two of them, they ate a box of hot dogs and a family size, like the kind yeah, you bring to a barbecue yeah. size bag of chips in the morning on the way to their 8 a.m. meeting. When you're seeing them do this, are you assuming that he's dead at this point? I was I was on the fence. Mm, I didn't know. Yeah, it's on I the fence know. as well. I was leaning dead, but I wasn't sure. 
and you you cut to the two of them now like inside like checking in for the meeting and i'm like but why like for what reason you know he's well yeah but if they didn't show up for the meeting they would become suspects yeah that's suspicious yeah that's true and you can see like they're a little dirty themselves now from the situation and the secretary's apologizing and she's like oh he's never missed a meeting like this and offers to call his cell and sam's like call his cell phone what are you gonna call it and <laughs> waka 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 I also love here too, though. She says, "I'm sorry, it's a rest of meeting," and they're covered in dirt from burying him in the woods. And he goes, "It's fine. It's just very unprofessional," which I thought was such a fucking great tossed off line. The uh, the what are you gonna call your cell phone line, Tim? Tim loves so much. He's he's insisting, like, "Hey, you have to do stand up." He's like, "I'm going to." So now, as this is happening, the secretary sees something from outside the window, and you cut over and you see Grant walking like a zombie. Towards the building with the chip bag over his head. He looks like Scarecrow. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And eventually, like, he, he's able to get the bag off his head, revealing himself to everybody, because there's a bunch of people in that front office area. It just collapses into the into the grass. It's also, like, the worst advertisement for that chip company ever. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> catch us on an episode of TV show on Comedy Central tonight. I do like how they're like, oh, look, it's someone with the chip bag on their head emerging from the woods. Yeah. How do we have all these local company companies represented, but yet no Fago anywhere? I was surprised for no Fago, too, which, again, we've had Fago before. Regular flavor. It's very good root beer. It's, uh, mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's just a regional. It's like, just a good soda. soda company. Yeah, like that's all it is. I mean, I would never try any of the weird ones where it's like triple cherry fizz purple. Like they do like they're one of those companies who has like 50 flavors a year. But like those are things like. You wish you could try, like, a Dixie cup of it. Like, but it's like, I don't want right. to buy a bottle of this, like, cotton candy soda. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, now what? I don't care if it's 30 cents. Like, it's a waste if I'm going to, like, if I only want to take a sip of it. After the collapse, we cut to later on where he's in the hospital. And he already seems, like, pretty good at this point. He's joking around with the nurse. He seems like he wasn't hurt at all in this scene. Right. He's 100% better now, just in, just, but just sitting down in, in a hospital bed. And Tim and Sam walk in uh, with, like, a, a single flower and a heart-shaped box of chocolates. It's like, hey, remember us? Like, when's the last time you remember seeing us? He's like, um, at the steakhouse, right? Yep, because that's the last time we saw you. They think now is an appropriate time to start the pitch <laughs> right in the hospital room. No, you're going to hear the pitch. And, and Grant's, like, a nice guy. He's, he's like, hey, listen, like, guys, I'm really sorry, but we went with the other agency. and But then he says, you know, I only really got gave you the meeting like out of respect for you know tim's father and like why tell them that yeah (laughs) like like you could be like hey you know after the accident like things were weird and i was already half committed to them anyway so like we just wanted to get this going so i went i went with the other company like they flew all the way down here i gave it to them but we do 10 commercials a year why don't we talk in a few months we have another car coming out like you could blow them off and keep it like without hurting their feelings and he said it nice. He didn't mean it in like a disrespectful way, but like the idea of telling them, hey, you know, I only really gave you the interview, but like with no intention of ever hiring. He's also an actor that's very hard to play mean. Yeah. Like, I really like Jason Sudeikis. He can't do like super mean guy. Even when he tries to, it always comes off as like, he's pretty likable. Yeah. Which is like not the worst problem in the world to have, right? Be like, everybody thinks I'm super likable. It's like, that's not the worst problem, you know? He's like, Listen, you guys pretty much only do like late night furniture store ads. Like this, you know, Chrysler is a little out of your league. And now they're like pissed and like now you're definitely going to hear the pitch. And they're just kind of like going over this whole pitch with it, but they're like yelling it at him. And he's got like his ears covering, <laughs> his hands covering his ears so he doesn't have to listen to them. It's like, <laughs> Sam's like, oh, you don't want to hear it? 
I'm pulling the plug on your ass. <laughs> He's going to unplug the lamp. He unplugs the lamp. Yeah. Like, I'm not on life support, you idiot. <laughs> this is also a great one of his dark-toned yells, too. There's like Batman voice. It's like, do it. Kill him. It's so fucking <laughs> uh. It's getting a little wild this poem, at this moment, but um, they do calm down a little bit and kind of settle down here. And right as the two are about to leave, Tim like tries one more time to start that pitch over, but... <laughs> He just goes, um, Grant's just like, come on, man, <laughs> just go. So now from there, they cut to the hot tub king store and Tim and Sam walk in and the king is talking to a customer, takes a break when he sees them walk in and they go to apologize to him. And he's like, you know, when that commercial first came out, like things were pretty bad at home. My bags were basically packed. But then for whatever reason, I guess him and his wife decided to just have sex one last time. Bret Hart school. And for the first time ever, they went with, as he calls it, woman on top. <laughs> he talked about how amazing it was. And then they tried it again and realized it wasn't a fluke. It wasn't a fluke. <laughs> Sex with her on top yeah. was good the yeah. second time. I was like hyperventilating laughing as this scene went on. <laughs> this is like one of those monologues that should be like Emmy worthy. If I'm ever going to like audition for a uh, community theater i'm going in with this monologue it is fucking perfect and he talks about how while doing woman on top he can last a lot longer he can kind of stall <laughs> stall <laughs> so she can get what she needs and then it's like and then when she was done i just flipped her over and i went real fast so i got what i needed <laughs> it's the fucking best monologue ever i don't want to i don't want to get gross into too many details but like he couldn't finish doing woman on top I think it's more that, like, when she was done, he wanted to do it the way he liked it. It was an equal opportunity thing. So that's a good thing. That's a couple who's finding ways to, you know. Sure. I don't know who wouldn't like Woman on Top, but. I don't know, yeah, but. Yeah, I don't know. Like, there's no bad way, right? No, there's bad ways. I was going to say, there probably is. There's the ones that are just, like, an unnecessary cardio test on you. Uh, well, sure. Or uncomfortable places, like when you're young and you think having, a, having like, sex in a car is, like, exciting and cool. And then, like, you realize as you get older, it's, like, it's just super uncomfortable for everybody. There's really no advantage. Like, we're adults and have houses now. There's no need for this. Bathtubs. Not Bathtub. fun. Bathtub. Interesting. Bathtub. I'm with you, Gordo. Not a great place. Yeah, not a great place. Too small. Unless you get, like, a big bathtub. And one of you is going to hit your head in the faucet. Like, it's if just you, a matter of if time. If you hit up the hot tub king, maybe. Yeah, I was going to say, in a hot tub, totally different. I would say, too, at this place, imagine how fun it is to work at this place when the hours are like when it's closed or whatever. The sign they show at the beginning says hot tubs, fireplaces, and billiards. That means that place has a bunch of working hot tubs, a bunch of cool fireplaces, and a bunch of pool tables. You could have the best party in that place. Well, don't most pool places like that sell outdoor pools or pool services turn into pool table? There is one on Route 1. There, there is one, and they turn into, like, a pool table reseller. Well, you got to diversify for the winter, you know? So, I, Jay, I don't know if you were there or not when our buddy Derek got a hot tub, and we had to no. pick it up at that place on Route 1. I was so blown away. I had never been in a pool store before, and we walked into this pool store, and it's a very large store, and it's obviously got a bunch of above-ground pools set up, all full of water. Why? Oh. Why there's like 15 pools full of water inside this store. It's like, I can see it and imagine what it looks like with water in it. You don't have to do this for my benefit. Are you allowed in the pools? I don't, I doubt it. Like, I'm sure there's some weird liability thing involved. Like, 
put a, a sheet of plexiglass over the top, simulate the water somehow. There's a hundred thousand gallons of water in this fucking warehouse now for no good reason. Unnecessary, yeah, waste yeah, of water. I just thought it was the weirdest thing. No, you know what? That's a company that I would buy from because they go the extra mile. No, you sh- you could go. I want this one though. The one like I want the model. Drain this now. <laughs> no, I want the water with it. Yeah. So uh, that conversation kind of ends with him, you know, thanking the two because essentially trying woman on top saved his marriage. From there, the next scene is just them going home for the night, and you see them both kind of individually going to their respective homes. And Sam's house is like under like severe construction inside. There's like plastic and ladders everywhere. It's like it's, it's looking pretty bare. And Tim gets home and um, you see him meet his wife and he gives her a kiss and they start talking about their day. And he's like super engaging and like very like, you know, as she's telling the day, uh, telling him about her day, he's like just very, just, I don't know, being a good husband, really, like almost, almost overdoing it. But, you know, Hmm. it was fine. And I like that she was talking about something that she had to lift. I can't remember what her occupation was. She works at the auto plant. Okay. And then he asks if um, she had her hernia belt on. And she's like, you worry too much. It's like, I worry about you. <laughs> but because they're talking about her day at work where like the chassis of a pickup truck fell on a guy and he was screaming and they were laughing yeah. at him. And she had to lift the chassis of the truck up herself. And that's why he was like, did you wear your hernia belt? Like that's, <laughs> they're like small talk of how insane her day was also. Yeah. And then after that conversation, you get back into Sam's house and he's looking at his dream board and he takes Land Chrysler account off of it and he replaces it with one that just says woman on top. <laughs> so, <laughs> did you read any of the other things on the board? I couldn't look at it. I couldn't get them. No. Uh, one is lunch with Billy Crystal, which I would put on my board. <laughs> That's a good Fair. One, yeah. It was one of those um, because like the woman on top thing came out right after to make it the joke. Otherwise, like. The idea of, like, taking something off your dream board, like, is just kind of inherently sad. Now, has anybody here ever made a dream board or a vision board or anything? No. no. Okay, I have made one. I'm sure anybody who's a listener here uh, 100-something episodes in knows it's not really my thing, and I'm not into esoteric or uh, whatever type of stuff, but I was told to do it and asked to do it by somebody. Not my wife, like, somebody who's, like, a friend. It was like, do it, and you put that stuff out into the world, you can do it. And to be fair... Everything I put on that board did come true, but one thing. And that one thing was, it was like all this different stuff I wanted, and then I put a bunch of cutout goldfish crackers that I was like, if I do this, they will make gluten-free goldfish crackers or Cheez-Its. I know it. (laughs) The only thing that didn't come true was that. The other stuff was very good, but I am a little sad at the one thing. I'm going to print out a few pictures of Jennifer Love Hewitt. (laughs) You know she's real, right? She Yes, but, yeah. but, but she doesn't exist here in my space. She's home right now being like, I feel awkward, like I'm on somebody's vision board right Something's now. wrong. <laughs> Why am I on Jay's vision board? And then, she, and then she turns the TV on and Ghostbusters 2016's on. There you go, full circle. Who is that, Who is that handsome man with the awkward length hair? And she's like, why would I watch this terrible, terrible movie? And she goes to bed in her million-dollar house in her gold-plated rocket car, and she never calls Jay. So I have some of the other um, things that Sam had on his dream board. Uh, one says Tokyo 2020, uh, lunch with Billy Crystal, as you mentioned, improv laser tag technology. I wonder if that was spelled wrong. Maybe it's improve. I feel like that should be improve. Yeah, I don't know what it says in the actual episode. Uh, what I'm reading says improv. Major League at bat, ice bucket challenge, which is a little late. But also, like, you could just go outside and do that in about yeah. three minutes. 
Ride Motorcycle, Catch Boomerang, Get Tim to Try Weed, and Black Belt. <laughs> I mean, those are all fairly attainable things. That's the other thing about a vision board, too. You got to make it Major League at bat is a little tough. That, that, that yeah. might be a little tough. That one is not Arguably happen. impossible. Yeah. And Lunch with Billy Crystal are probably pretty hard to do unless you gave money to a charity or something. Yeah, I was going to say, that's not impossible. Also, when you work for an advertising firm, so you can schedule a, like a lunch meeting. That's true, too. That reminds me, too. There was that weird Billy Crystal show that lasted for like one season that was, I think it was him and Josh Gad, that was very much like a um, Curb Your Enthusiasm type show on NBC that would be an interesting show for us to cover. Wasn't it just called The Comedians? Maybe. Only there was a way to figure out the name of the show. If any of those fans out there know what show I'm talking about, City Slickers 3. <laughs> so while Sam's like looking at his vision board, you hear Tim calling for him. And that's when you realize that their houses are side by side. And they're both kind of just talking through their windows and congratulating each other for the day they had. And then you hear, you're talking to my brother? So now we, we find out that Tim's married to Sam's sister. And she's like, how's flipping that house going, you idiot? It's like, you're the idiot, Chrissy. I bought this house for $20,000, and it's a lot harder than I thought. <laughs> I thought that was the most realistic line of the entire yeah. show. Aside from the $20,000 part, if you're like, I bought this house, it's a lot harder than I thought. That is the most accurate description. I like how he kept the tone and cadence as he's saying, as he's admitting that it's harder than he thought, though. Like, he still had that matter-of-factness in his voice. <laughs> and it basically just kind of closes out with Sam and Tim exchanging goodnights, and um, Sam can't shut the window, and he just walks off. He's like, never mind. No, he goes, who actually cares? Yeah, who actually cares? He closes like a very nice, though, modern window that opens out, not up. Yeah. And then Sam can't get the, like, painted shut 100-year-old window to close. <laughs> and that was the conclusion of the episode. So, yeah, it, I mean, I don't, again, have much. I never saw the show. I just know that it was recommended to, to us to do a couple times. And then, again, like, I think it just made sense to... Really, I mean, if we're being honest, ride the coattails of, like, I think you should leave becoming so memeable. But, yeah, no, um, I don't really have a lot of extra tidbits about the show. I don't really know much other than, you know, what we saw. There wasn't a lot of, like, info looking up on it, like, not a lot of crazy stuff about it. So I don't know if anything um, you guys want to add before we move forward. Not really, no. Not too much. I think we covered a lot of it. Uh, I will say, though, I had never heard of the TV show Scandal, and I had to look that up, and then I was like, oh, I never would have watched that show. But I thought that was a, <laughs> oh, a weird little joke. I've heard of it. I've never watched it, though. Yeah, neither have I, but... I did see that for a while, uh, Portia de Rossi is in it. Oh, okay. Um, and so is Joe Morton, who I love, who the, you know, the guy in Terminator 2 who's like, I don't know how much longer I can hold it. That guy who ends up figuring oh, yeah, out yeah, that yeah. he causes the apocalypse. So I like those two people, but uh, it didn't look like a show we would enjoy. Well, I guess uh, to move forward then, might as well get into the Green Ladder Cancel. I'll go in the order I got you guys in. Uh, Nick, starting with you. Yeah, this is actually a pretty easy green light. I had no idea what this show was before watching it, aside from the fact. So I do feel like Tim Robinson can go both ways. He can be a little much sometimes, and I was worried that might be the case with this, and it wasn't the case. And I was really happy about that. I love uh, Sam. I keep wanting to say Tim Robbins and Sam Rockwell. Every time I talk about both they have of sim And they have similar last names, which makes it a little... Yes. And it, so it's, it's Tim Robinson and Sam Rob... Uh, it's Sam Richardson and Tim Richardson. Robinson. Okay, there we go. Yeah. yeah. I love him. The, the two of them together is just really funny, interesting chemistry. 
I want to know what happens with his job. Are they just going to keep failing? Um, are they going to fail up? Who else is going to be involved in the show? I'm I'm actually very excited to go watch episode two of this. So this is a very easy green light. I was I was happy to get this one put across the uh, the table here. I would I would never have seen this otherwise, and I'm glad I saw it. So green light, Joe. Yeah, I'm with Nick here. And following up on that, I think that's I would assume that is the premise of the show going forward is that they're always going to have some wacky adventure, but you're also going to always get a new commercial in every episode. And that the promise of that, I think, is such a great sell because the last one was so funny. So if they just keep doing that every episode, I think that's such an easy thing you'd want to keep seeing. I had never seen this show. Bummer of this show is it's on like the one streaming platform I don't have. Which would that be? Is that Paramount Plus? Paramount yeah, Plus, it's on Paramount yeah. Plus. So I'm either going to have to like get Paramount Plus for a week or see if these are like cheap enough to buy on Amazon or something because I like it so much that I want to watch. I tried to show my wife today because I was like, I think you'll really find this funny. And then I was like, oh, God damn it, we don't have this channel. We always we we internally talk about Paramount Plus all the time, by the way, and it's like it's five bucks. Like it's just we can just. Get, it's not the it. cost; it's the having so many others that it doesn't make sense yeah, to do one up. more without getting rid of. But another. then you think about like if you just said, "Fuck it, I'm gonna buy the Detroiters or Detroiters." I, I knew I was gonna say it would be twenty point. bucks for both seasons. Yeah, and then you're like, yeah. "Well, that would have just paid for like four months of having Paramount Plus, anyways." So then, how often are you gonna rewatch it? You know, so right, yeah. So I'll probably just cave so I can do that. And like next time, there's like a rainy weekend where it's so bad out that you really can't do anything. That's probably gonna be the plan. Like, get pizza, watch that. Uh, Gordo, also, I think you should leave. We watched some earlier. There's one in the first season that literally is just the plot of uh, Kirk Van Houten's Can I Borrow a Feeling? And I will send that to you because I think you're going to enjoy that so much. Uh, this show had me laughing the entire time. The absurdist humor of so much of it was so good. The the guy drinking the hot beer and then agreeing with Eddie uh, Spaghetti or whatever, that was so fucking great. This is a huge green light. Uh, Gordo. I'm actually going to disagree with the both of you. I did not like the two characters in this. I thought they I thought they were a little too much, especially the trying to break the glass scene. It was just like entirely just too much, too over the top and too long. There were funny parts in this, but as a total show, I got kind of the closure that I wanted. You know, they went home, they said good night good job, you know, shut the door. There was kind of nothing there to make me want to come back and want to see it. I don't know. It was just, it just didn't agree with me. I can see why. Uh, did it upset your stomach? What? Did it upset your stomach? You said it didn't agree with you? It didn't agree with me. No, no. I, well, I, I completely derailed you there, huh? <laughs> yeah. You did. You did. You completely derailed me. So <laughs> cancel. Okay. Listen, uh, I'm I'm with Nick and Joe. I, I had no idea what to expect. Again, it, it's my pick, but I never watched it. I just thought it would be kind of a good opportunity. And then to get a couple of the fan picks out there, like like I said, it had been brought up before, so it, it seemed like a, a nice way to get that done. I thought it was really funny. I, I could see myself just, it's an easy show to watch. And it's one of those ones that, you know, you can k- kind of keep it on. You're, you're, as long as you're 80% paying attention, like, that's good. Like, I, I, I like that, you know, when I can kind of get some work done. And, you know, I don't know. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. And it's a green light for me. And I will say I've messaged the man missing Ferg. And Ferg actually, and I didn't actually see this coming. He's with Gordo. He's canceling it. I thought he would. I thought he would, too. He said he 
it felt like a second-rate workaholics, which is funny because I did compare it to workaholics only I meant it in a positive way. It said he said that the show lost him with the window breaking scene, which I thought was funny. So thank you. Ferg and I are are one in the same. There is a weird uh, Gordo and Ferg have both canceled shows. Like they cannot do eccentric at all. It, it has to be very very boilerplate. And I'm not like shitting on you. Like uh, I understand. You just say Gordo can't do anything too far out. Well, homeboys well, from out of space. All right, Gordo's Gordo? a bad example because yeah. he ping pongs on his you know methodology a lot. But Ferg, like he, I don't know. It it's if it's too far outside of a certain spectrum. Ferg really doesn't like it, regardless of whether or not it's actually funny. I mean, it just doesn't agree with him, I guess. Yeah. Well, before I got derailed, I just didn't, not that the two main characters didn't have good chemistry. I just felt like they were too much. And the scenes were just a little bit too long. I feel like they should have cropped them a little bit and it just been a little bit shorter, it would have hit me a little differently instead of dragging it out. I don't like the the drug. Is that a word? I mean, it is a word. But is drug a word? Is drug the past tense of drag? Drag. Well, either way, it is now. Yeah, so dra- I don't like drag. how they drug out the, the scenes. Well, all right. I'm glad we gave you more time to give a more <laughs> clear and concise thought. Thank you, space terrorist, for giving this all to us. <laughs> One thing I did want to mention before we close out, too, is as we talk about Gordo's inconsistency, um, we've mentioned before, Gordo often bets away his picks. <laughs> and the first time that ever happened, I remember, like, legit going through, like, our episodes, like, episode by episode to try to see everything Gordo canceled because the goal was to find a show he disliked. So I'm like, let me see if there's any consistencies with his cancellations so I can find something that's kind of in tune with that. And there was nothing. It was, like, it was so all over the place, the shows he yeah. likes and dislikes. There's, like, no rhyme or rhythm. So I was like, all right, well, I guess there goes that. But in any event, to close out, three out of five. So congratulations to Detroiters. You do live on to see a second episode with us. So I want to thank all of you guys for listening. Go to s1e1pod.com. That's where you can find all the links to listen to us, to share with other people, our social medias. S1e1pod. I said at the top of the episode, hit us up. We love talking to you guys. It's been a lot of fun getting to know you guys and how you came to find us and then what shows you want to hear. Uh, we really do enjoy it, so keep it up. Message us. It's just it's more rewarding that way to know like where these listens are going, and you know we can see numbers when we look on our website, but to actually meet the people that enjoy our show is really cool. So uh, keep it up, and um, that's it for this week, guys. Thank you again. We'll catch you again next week with another new episode. Thank you. Goodbye. I think we got the best Billy Crystal. <laughs> <laughs>